Well, who wants to go to Winterfest? <laughs> well, we have the honor today of hosting Bishop David Jarvis and his wife, Jan. Uh, Bishop Jarvis is the state overseer of the Church of God. So uh, I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet and give a big Bethesda welcome to our administrative bishop, Bishop David Jarvis. Happy New Year to everybody. Everybody have a great Christmas. Amen. It is so good to be back at Bethesda this morning and to be with you today. It is an honor to be with you again and to be here and see what God is doing at Bethesda. We love Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen. They are incredible leaders, and I want you to know you are blessed to have them. Amen. We thank God for them and their ministry. How many of you know it's good to have a pastor that everybody would like to hear? How many of you know West Virginia and Virginia Tech would not want to have a coach that nobody wanted? Amen? You want to have a coach that everybody wants. You have a pastor that everybody loves, and we're thankful for them and their ministry today. And thank God for his blessings. Would you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word? I am not a long-winded preacher because I know that uh, you get hungry real fast. And I don't want to make anybody sin today, so uh, wishing the preacher would shut up. But I do believe I have a word from the Lord today. How many of you believe we need a word from the Lord going out of 2023 and going into a new year? Romans 5 and verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you hear that? I want to read that one more time. But God demonstrates. He puts it on show for the whole world to see his love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on love come down. Love came down. Would you ask the Lord to have his way as we go into his word today? Father, we love you and we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for this congregation, this house, this body of believers. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen. But Lord, we ask that you speak to us today. And what you want us to do as we leave this last day of 2023 and go into 2024, we want your will to be accomplished in our lives, in the lives of every person here today. And Lord, would you just cover this service with the blood of Jesus? And Lord, don't let anybody leave this place without finding you as their Lord and Savior today. For we ask in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. turn around and high five about six people if you would this morning. How many of you had a great Christmas? How many of you glad Christmas is over? 
I love Christmas, but I hate what goes to the preparation of Christmas because I hate finding a parking spot. I hate standing in line. I, I saw uh, uh, TJ Maxx and Beckley. I saw a line and I thought there's something I want, but I don't want it that bad. The pushing and the shoving and nice folks get mean during Christmas. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The stress is about to kill people in this most wonderful time of the year. I heard a story about in a shopping mall that uh, it was crowded, it was packed, it was several levels, and, and a man had his packages and he was trying to catch the elevator and he ran to where the elevator was, where his package was, and, and he pushed in and, and was trying to get the door shut because it was so crowded. And finally the door shut and he got in and he said, wow. He said, whoever invented Christmas Whoever started Christmas ought to be killed. Somebody in the back of the elevator said he was. You see, Christmas is when love came down. Christmas was when God demonstrated his love and, and he wrapped it up in swaddling clothes and he laid it in a manger for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can I tell you, Christmas was not about Santa Claus. Christmas was not about just having gifts, but Christmas was when love came down and God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christmas was about a baby born in a manger, but that baby didn't come just to give us Christmas. That baby came to die. There would be no reason to have Christmas if it wasn't for Calvary. There'd be no reason for us to gather and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ had Jesus not came and lived and died and shed his blood for us. For you see, God put that gift in the manger. Love came down. He wrapped it up in swaddling clothes. But that gift was not unwrapped until it was at Calvary when he stretched out his hands. That gift was unwrapped. That Jesus gave his life for you and I. That's what Christmas is all about. If you don't want to talk about Calvary, don't even talk about Christmas. Because Christmas was about Calvary. In fact, Paul put it this way. If Jesus hadn't come and lived and died and shed his blood, we would still be in our sins. In fact, do you know there'd be nobody in Greenbrier County on their way to heaven today had Jesus not have died? But some folks, they stay in a manger. But the story doesn't stop in a manger. It goes to Calvary where Jesus, the gift was unwrapped. Love came down while we were still yet sinners. Christ died for us. It was unwrapped at Calvary. In fact, John 14 and verse 13 puts it this way. Greater love hath no one than this to lay down his life for us. Don't start 2024 and say, nobody loves me. Because somebody loved you enough to give their life for you, and that was Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that was ever given was Jesus gave his life for you. And aren't you glad the story doesn't stop at Calvary, but there is an empty tomb that tells us that we can live and have everlasting life. 
Somebody said, you, well, you, you know, we, we probably ought not talk and, and, and offend people by talking about Calvary and talking about Jesus shedding his blood. We, 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 we shouldn't talk about gory things like that. We ought to just talk about love. Well, without love, Jesus wouldn't have shed his blood. But can I tell you that there are very few things more emphasized in the Word of God than that of the shedding of blood. In Old Testament times, when, when you had committed a sin, you would have to go to the temple, and you would have to offer up a lamb. You would have to offer up a sacrifice, and, and that innocent lamb would shed its blood so that you could get forgiveness for sins. That's what Jesus Christ did once and for all. He paid the price. Love came down from heaven. God loved you so much, and while you were still a sinner in your rank ways Jesus still died for you how many of you know that's love no greater love hath anyone than to lay down their life for you and Jesus laid down his life for you so you could walk into 2024 not bound with the things of sin but you could be free through the blood of Jesus somebody says don't talk about the blood in 2023 and 2024. And I tell you, if it wasn't for the blood, I would not be on my way to heaven. And that's why the devil doesn't want us to talk about the blood. And I tell you, there are very few things that are more emphasized than the word of God than that of the blood. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word quick means alive. It's living. Did you know this thing is alive? This book is alive. This book is different than any other book that's ever been written. Can I tell you it's the number one bestseller because there's life in the book because there's life in the blood. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a highway of blood through this book. This is a blood book. You can't have Jesus. You can't have salvation without the blood. Anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus today? There's life in the book because there is life in the blood. Everybody say there's life in the blood. Thousands of years before medical science discovered this, these words were penned on the backside of the desert. In Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Did you know medical science 150 years ago did not know that? They thought when you got sick, you had bad blood. And they would take and they would drain blood from your body. They would actually put leeches on your body to drain blood from your body. Our first president, George Washington, died as a result of this practice. They didn't realize the life of the flesh is in the blood. What happens when your foot, the blood quits flowing down to your foot? What happens, it begins to, to turn colors and, and the blood ceases to flow there and that foot begins to die and gangrene sets in and it would kill you if they didn't amputate your body. Your flesh depends upon the blood. The life of your flesh depends upon the blood. Well, I'm just simple enough to believe this. If my physical life depends upon the blood, I believe my eternal life depends upon the blood. 
You know why there's so many dead churches and, and dead Christians? Is because they've taken the blood out of the songs. They've taken the blood out of the message. Can I tell you, there's only thing that will bring life, and the life of the flesh is in the blood. Did you know every part of your body has to have the blood? Your brain has to have the blood. Your lungs have to have the blood. Your heart has to have the blood. Your hands has to have the blood. The heart pumps the blood to the entire body. Now, can you imagine if there was competition in the body and the brain saying, I'm more important than the heart? Or can you imagine that... The lungs saying, I'm more important than the heart. The body is made up of many different members that are located different places, but they all have to have the blood. Can I tell you, the body of Christ is made up of many different members with many different giftings. But we all must have the blood. You say, well, I, I'm not just important. I, I'm not a singer. I, I'm not a teacher. I, I don't teach a, a group, on, on a, a life group. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm not important. I'm just a little toe in the body of Christ. Have you ever hit your little toe on a bedpost at 2 in the morning? How many of you know the whole body knows when that little toe is hurting? So you may think you're a little toe in the body of Christ because you're not up here. But I've come by to tell you, you are important. You are a part of the body of Christ. You have a gifting. You have a calling. And we need in 2024 to use that calling for the glory of God. Many years ago, in fact, I was here as state youth director. We took a trip to South America, to Peru. And we were in heading up the Andes Mountains, and we stopped at a little roadside cafe, and the Bible school students there said, let us order for you. And I thought, that sounds dangerous to me. <laughs> so on the side of the road, a cafe in Peru climbing up the Andes Mountains, and can I tell you, those mountains are a whole lot bigger than West Virginia mountains. I see this menu, and I know just enough Spanish to know there's kitty cat on the menu. <laughs> and I thought, no, no, no. They said, let us order for you. Thank God I had been to enough Mexican restaurants. I knew that polio was chicken. And I said, no, 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 no. I want polio, polio, polio. They said, no, no, no. Get out of this order for you. Let I said, no, 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 polio. And some of the crazy guys that were with us listened to them, and they brought out guinea pig with the head and the claws still on it. I was thanking God I had chicken, amen. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in that restaurant, Charles, and I'm thinking, this is a different world from West Virginia. There's no Tudor's biscuit world here. <laughs> They're eating guinea pig. I'm thinking they speak a different language. Their stomach is cut out of a different cloth than mine. And I thought, I am a foreigner here. But all of a sudden, we got to church. And the thing that blew my mind was the same Holy Spirit that I felt in West Virginia 
was there in Peru in the Andes Mountains. I didn't understand a lot of the songs, but some of the tunes were familiar, and I began to lift up my voice, and I began to sing, and all of a sudden I realized the same Holy Spirit that was in Peru is in West Virginia. They're still part of the body of Christ. They have a different culture. They have a different menu, but we're all still one through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're all in the body because there's life in the blood. How many of you know there's life in the blood? Look at somebody say there's life in the blood. Not only is there life in the blood, the second thing is there's salvation through the blood. Everyone say salvation through the blood. We can go to the hospital to the newborn section if they'll let you in there now. And you can look in that nursery and you can see those beautiful, innocent babies. And most of them are all cute. <laughs> I have seen one or two babies that weren't real cute. And somebody said, what do you do when, when you get there and the baby is, is not real cute? What do you do? I said, this is what works for me. I always say he looks just like his daddy. <laughs> that makes everybody happy. But you can look in that newborn unit and see those precious, innocent babies laying there. But there's a problem. There's a blood problem. For you see, they've been passed down from generation to generation, sinful blood of Adam. Every baby that's been born, with the exception of one, has had that blood passed down from generation to generation, that blood of Adam. The Bible says we were all brought under the curse of sin because of Adam's sin. And when that precious baby grows up and becomes to the age of accountability and understands right from wrong, it needs to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to be washed in the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you this. The Bible says that we were brought under the curse of the first Adam. We could be delivered and free from that curse because of the second Adam. And his name is Jesus. Medical science tells us this. In almost all cases, the baby takes its blood from the father. I said every baby that's been born, with the exception of one, has had that blood passed down from generation to generation. We just celebrated it this week that there was a virgin by the name of Mary that knew no man, and the angel appeared to her and said, that which is in you is conceived of the Holy Ghost. There was not the blood of Adam that Jesus shed on Calvary. It was sinless blood. It was precious blood, and he paid the price. Love came down, and Jesus paid the price once and for all for your sin. And I tell you, we don't have to stay in sin and die and go to hell because Jesus came, he lived, and he died and he shed his blood for us. Love came down for you, Bethesda. He's the only one that ever lived that didn't have Adam's blood. That's why the Bible says there is no other name. Everybody say no other name. There is no other name given under heaven whereby we may be saved except the name of Jesus. You know why? He's the only one that didn't have Adam's blood. We were redeemed by that precious blood. He paid the price. He, While you were still a right sinner, Jesus died for you. 
There's no salvation anywhere else. You can't get salvation through Muhammad, through Buddha, because they had Adam's blood. Jesus is the only one that didn't have Adam's blood. You know what salvation was paid for by Jesus Christ? And it's a free gift for you today. Do you know the blood? They tell me with every beat of the heart, the blood renews the cells in your body. Everybody think about that. Your heart's beating. With every beat of your heart, and I know there's some medical people in here probably agree with what I'm saying, your cells are renewed with every beat of the heart. And you know what else? You would die of toxic poisoning if it wasn't for the blood carrying off that stuff through the bloodstream. You would die of toxic poisoning. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Your cells are renewed with every beat of the heart and it carries off. The, let me tell you what the blood of Jesus will do. It will not just make you and renew you, but the Bible tells us the blood of Jesus will make you a brand new creature. What am I saying? You can leave that old in 2023 and be a brand new person in 2024 through the blood of Jesus, not through some program, not through some personality. There's only one thing that will carry that off. Can I tell you what the blood of Jesus will do? It'll make you a brand new creature and it'll carry off the poison of your past and the sin and make you brand new and you can stand in right relationship with Jesus Christ. There's salvation in the blood. Not only is there salvation in the blood. If you have a Bible with you or on your device, I want you to underline this. I give you permission to mark your Bible. I promise you God won't strike you dead because mine is marked up. I've got one since I was a young teenage boy, 13 years old. It's marked from cover to cover, and I'm still here. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 23. God's judgment was being poured out upon the land of Egypt because Pharaoh would not let the people of God go and serve the Lord. And Pharaoh's heart became hardened. Many of you know the story. So God sent plagues, and the last plague the Lord sent was that the death angel would come and take the life of the firstborn. But before God sent that death angel, he gave instructions through Moses to give to the people in Exodus 12 and 23. This is what it says. This is what I want to mark in your Bible. This is what we need for 2024. For the Lord will pass through. To strike the Egyptians. And this is the part. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow, everybody say not allow, the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Here's what Moses told the people of God. The death angel's coming. The destroyer's coming. But if you'll go get the blood of an innocent lamb and you put it over the doorpost, when he begins to move down your street and he sees on your door the blood, he knows he does not have the permission to come into your house. 
Because there is protection through the blood. Everybody look at somebody and say, there's protection through the blood. So what happened that night? The death angel began to move throughout the land of Egypt. But when he saw the blood on the doorpost, he knew he could not go in there. Let me tell you something. I would ask my God every day, Lord, this is what I do. Father, would you cover my children with the blood of Jesus? I pray over our property. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. You know what? Some of you may not be familiar with this, but old timers, when they sensed the devil around, they said something like this. Ooh, it's time to plead the blood. And can I tell you, it was on when they started pleading the blood because they knew they may have not figured it all out, but they knew there was something about the blood. There was protection through the blood, and the devil hates the blood, and they knew there was victory in the blood, and they would begin to plead the blood, and God would always give the victory. How many of you believe there's victory through the blood of Jesus? Since my girls were born... I would pray this prayer, and this is what I want you to do in 2024. On the way to school, I would pray this prayer. Father, I'm not going to be here during school hours. But Lord, cover them with the blood of Jesus. Protect them with the blood. Cover them with the blood. I've done that. I still do that. I do it over my grandchildren now. I do it over our churches I do it over our pastors because I believe there's protection in the blood. My youngest daughter who lives in Louisville, Kentucky, we were living in Oklahoma City. Monday morning as we were getting ready to leave, Jan and I were going up to preach a meeting, the Northeast Oklahoma Camp Meeting in Pryor up above Tulsa. And that day I prayed over my girls as we let them out for school. I said, Lord, I won't be here. But Lord, protect them through the blood. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. Father, and this is the way I prayed. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over their heart, their mind, their body, their soul, their spirit, and the vehicles they travel in. And we left. And we went on up to Pryor, Oklahoma. The next day I was with some of the pastors and we were ordering lunch, and I walked into the counter, was ordering, and there was a little television set behind the counter. And I asked the man, what in the world's going on? He said, somebody has just blown up the federal building in Oklahoma City. I said, oh, my God. That's where I live. I found out as we got on the phone where I live was 13 miles from downtown Oklahoma City. The blast on that April the 19th, 1995, shook pictures off the wall 13 miles away. And then we found, finally got a hold of our children that night, and our youngest daughter was in the all-city honor choir for Oklahoma City. She was to be on the steps of the federal building in Oklahoma City, the Alfred P. Murrow Federal Building on April the 19th, 1995, at 9 o'clock in the morning, they were supposed to be on the steps and sing. But this is what she said. Mom, Dad, I don't know what happened, but the buses got delayed. You say, what a coincidence. 
No, I don't believe it's a coincidence because the day before, this little fat preacher joined hands with her and my wife and said, Lord, I'm not going to be here but protect her through the blood. And when we're covered by the blood, the destroyer does not have permission to come into our house. I believe she's alive today because there is protection through the blood. That morning... One of our church members at one of our churches worked for Coca-Cola. He was in the federal building every Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to him and Charles and said, why don't you do your route backwards today? You know what? I believe there's protection through the blood. Several years ago, I was preaching in Charleston, South Carolina, and I, I just felt led of the Lord. And we may do this today to, to just for the new year to plead the blood of Jesus over our families and, and over our neighbors and over our people. I felt led of the Lord to close that service out, asking God to protect them through the blood. I'll never forget, I was at New Covenant Church of God in North Charleston. And on this side, I saw a little Pentecostal granny. Anybody know what a Pentecostal granny looks like? The high hair, they're closer to God because they got the higher hair. With the Pentecostal hairdo, they got a Ph.D. I looked over there and I saw a little Pentecostal granny. She was laying hands on her granddaughter. And this is what she did. She was feeling it. I mean, she was feeling it. She was praying and she was shaking and she was speaking in tongues and, and the Holy Ghost was falling all over there. And I heard her say, oh, God, I plead the blood over my grandbaby. That morning, that young lady walked out of that church, got in her car, went to work at Applebee's in Charleston, South Carolina, got out of her car to go into work. Two men grabbed her and abducted her and threw her in the car. I don't know if it was angels or if it was just good old Bubba's, but they saw what was happening, and they grabbed those two men and liked to beat them half to death. The next morning at my office, I got a call, and this lady on the other line said, the blood still works. I said, what? She said, the blood still works. My baby is alive because there is protection through the blood. I'm here to tell you in the last days we live in, we've got to ask God for protection through the blood. There is protection through the blood of Jesus. Somebody give him praise. And they can begin to make their way. I'm trying to close. There's also, we've already talked about it today, there's healing in the blood. How many of you believe there's healing in the blood? Now, there's people all over Greenbrier County, West Virginia, and Virginia. They'll talk about the power of the blood to salvation, but they get real quiet here. They'll just leave you out there on your own with this one. And they say, well, that really don't happen anymore. Oh, okay, the blood's got power to save me, but it don't have power to heal me. Figure that one out. For you see, before Jesus went to Calvary, 
They took him to a whipping post. And they took what was called a cat of nine tails, a whip that had bone and metal on the end of it. And they beat his back. And the blood began to run. And the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. We better not touch that. Well, let me just cloudy the water even more. Let me blow your mind. They're preaching that that don't happen anymore, but I come by to tell you, and medical professionals in here will tell you, I'm telling you the truth. There's healing power in human blood. When you cut yourself, an infection starts to try to get into your body. White blood cells will rush to that area and drive out the infection and bring healing to that part of the body. Wow. There's healing qualities in human blood. Don't tell me there's not healing power in the blood of Jesus. Because he paid the price. He took a stripe for every sickness, every disease, everything that you're facing. There is healing in the blood. Now let me be real relevant today. You say, Pastor, how does a man shedding blood, how can it possibly be relevant on this last day of 2023 you need to get with it we need to be relative something happened 2,000 years ago can I tell you something I can go to the blood bank in Raleigh County and I can stretch out my arm and they can take my blood at the blood bank in West Virginia and they can ship it around the world. 30 days from today, they can take my blood someplace in Africa, in a village in Somalia, somewhere. They can take my blood from West Virginia to a person I've never met, to a place I've never been, and they can take my blood and give new life to somebody in Somalia dying, needing a blood transfusion through the miracle of a blood bank. They never heard of West Virginia. They sure never heard of me. But by the miracle of a blood bank, they can take my blood and save somebody's life because of a blood bank. And I tell you, a blood bank was opened up 2,000 years ago. Jesus ascended to heaven. He sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. He paid the price for every sin. He paid the price for every one of us to have protection. He paid the price for every one of us to be healed. Medical science has not figured out yet how to preserve blood much over 45 days. How many of you know the Lord knows a little more than what we do? 
Jesus opened that blood bank. And 2,000 years later, he may have never walked the, the hills of West Virginia, but he paid the price and gave his blood that you that need to be free from sin, you need to be free from sickness, you need to be free from the enemy. He's already paid the price. And we'll hear on the news. They'll say, please give blood. Please give blood. All non-emergency surgery is being canceled because the blood reserves are running low. But you know what? Not once in 2,000 years has there ever been a bulletin issue that heaven's blood bank is running low. You know why? One drop. Everybody say one drop. One drop of the blood of Jesus can save every human. It can heal every human. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you stand to your feet and give God praise this morning? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot or blemish. I want you to come in here real close. Look at me for just a moment. You say, I'm not a church-going person. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the power of the blood. It doesn't matter what you've done. You see this book, the New Testament? Most of the New Testament was written by a murderer who loved to kill Christians. Paul said, I was the chiefest of sinners. But the blood of Jesus made him the Apostle Paul. So it doesn't matter what you've done. The blood can wash it away. I don't care what you've thought, what you've done, where you've been. Right now, you can leave it all in 2023 and start 2024 as a brand new creature. Not that I can do anything, because I can't. But it's the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the blood? Father, I thank you today that love came down. And while I was still a sinner, you still died. Lord, you said, Father, forgive them that crucified you, for they know not what they do. Christmas was about Calvary, Calvary's about the blood. Lord, today, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, whether watching online or they're here in this sanctuary, let this be the last day they walk in sin, but let today be the day they begin to walk in the light and be free through the blood of Jesus. God, wash away their sins. I know you're faithful and just to do it if we just ask. Give them courage right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask some of our prayer partners to come. 
Some of our altar workers, would you come and just stand across the front, if you would, right now. And if you need Jesus to forgive you of stuff of 2023 and you want to start 2024 off anew, as they sing, I want you just to step out of your seat and come right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray for healing in just a moment, but this is salvation right now. You need salvation. There's only one way we can find salvation and forgiveness is through Jesus Christ and the work he did upon Calvary, his blood. Would you come as they sing right now? Step out of your seat. Don't walk another day without Jesus in your life. He can cleanse you and make you a brand new creature. He can help you get it right. Come right now as they sing in the name of Jesus.